Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this, a recently hiatus episode of Political Straight Talk. I am your host, the Political Superman, coming to you live from a non-disclosed location. Anyway, so, the time, 8.15 on the East Coast, 5.15 on the Left Coast, and I'm going to tell you, this week I have had some interesting perspectives as I have traveled the southeastern part of these United States. And so as I was, we stopped at an orchard in Florida, or was it Georgia? Georgia, southern part of Georgia, leading into Florida, and as is always, I have conversations with people. Um, sometimes it goes political. Sometimes it's about whatever may interest me that they're doing that I want to know more about. And so this week, as I'm waiting on Boss Lady and Company to shop and pick up whatever it is they're picking up, I engage this uh, young man in a conversation. And so he proceeds to tell me that all of the orchard growers up and down the area there. Now, before we got to the orchard that we were at, there were multiple orchards that we passed along with a very large greenhouse uh, apparatus, like very large, very commercial, growing a lot of things in there. And so I questioned about the greenhouse. Well, the greenhouse is Canadian-owned, and they have brought in peach trees, strawberries, and will soon grow cabbage and tomatoes year-round. And they've been a great big boon for the economy there, yada, yada, yada. But what caught my attention was the guy told me that all of the orchards up and down the row there that was by, you know, doing the different things, says that they bus in workers to do the work. And that these illegal aliens that do this work do it under the condition that they get paid weekly. Weekly is is stressed. And that every Friday a bus shows up to take all of the workers to the bank. At the bank, they cash their checks. Okay, They turn around and then get money orders. Each of them usually get two to three money orders. The bank charges them $6 a money order, and they take approximately 500 workers per week to this bank. Now, these money orders go to pay protection money. And this is what the aliens say, that they pay protection money. Uh, two money orders is to pay protection money. One money order is to pay for uh, their families. And that that's what they do. So I got to thinking about something. The bank charges $6 a money order times three. That's $18 per person. Okay, and then we are 500 on average. Uh, just from one orchard, by the way. This is this is one orchard. That bank, in service fees alone, is making nine thousand dollars a pop. Wow! Every Friday, they can guarantee they're going to make nine thousand dollars. In fifty-two weeks, they have made just on money order fees four hundred and sixty-eight thousand dollars. Now, why am I? Why why did this really strike me? Well, A, these orchards are knowingly violating the law. But B, the bank is preying on these people. I mean, seriously. I, I, just, I don't know. I have a bit of a problem with that. Well, they're not. They're not making them get the the money orders, and those are cheap money orders. 
And if you don't think that that's happening across the United States and every city, the oh, public I'm, I'm not. in 65 on Moore's Lane years ago, probably a decade ago, was sending a million dollars a week back to Mexico. And I, I'm not disputing this. I'm I'm just simply saying that I got it on a first-hand basis <laughs> from someone that's there, sees it, interacts with it, does it all the time. No, that's one of the reasons they're not going to solve. It's just like homelessness. There's too much money in it. They're not going to solve it, the Democrats nor the Republicans. And so I... You know, I didn't think a whole lot more about it. Kind of left it alone, and uh, so we proceed down into Florida, and or down in in Tampa. Uh, we went down to Miami. I took them down to Miami. They'd never been, so took them down there, and uh, we get to Miami. Well, it was interesting because AF1 happened to be on its way to Japan. And AF1 evidently did a swing down there because um, the F-18s began patrolling the skies. And it was interesting because everybody's just kind of wondering what's happening. And and so I get to explain to the girls that this is what happens when AF1 is in the area and, and so on and so forth. Well, what made it even better is that after they had lifted the restriction and the F-18s take off, the next thing I hear is I hear a big uh, roar, like a bunch of jets coming that hadn't hit supersonic yet. And I look up, and what do I see but the Blue Angels. Wow. And so the Blue Angels, uh, we were eating, and the Blue Angels are all playing over here on the beach. And uh, hang on just a second. That's pretty awesome. Hold on just a second. Wow. They're coming here again in June. I know. I've seen the Thunderbirds, but I haven't seen the Blue Angels. It's been a while since I've seen the Thunderbirds. So it was interesting because they get to see they they get to see the patrol of the F eighteens, which I thought was neat because I look up and there's two and that's the standard uh, when they block off airspace, they peel off from AF-1 and they stay in the air until he's in the motorcade. And so got to got to tell him about that. And then the Blue Angels was really neat. I don't know if they were doing a show there or what, but uh, probably for a good 45 minutes they kept uh, doing practice runs. And they did the missing man formation. They did uh, the circles that they do. It was neat and uh, you got to see a lot of people standing there taking pictures, and uh, the girls got to see it, and boss lady got to see it. So it was it was an uh, interesting experience, and we did not have to pay to see the show. <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> that, that did make it. That did make it even better. Uh, it would have been greater though if if we'd have been near the airport, and yeah, they get to see AF1 touchdown. Yeah. I'd love to see that. So, uh, that was, that. but that conversation, that conversation in the orchard really stuck with me. And I pondered it, pondered it, pondered it. Thought about it some more. And then as we were passing, I... I don't remember exactly when I saw this, but we were passing a field. Now, to be honest, I don't know what they were harvesting. I could not tell. But there were buses upon buses. I am told they were harvesting watermelons. So if if she says it, it is so. You know it. <laughs> so, uh, I, I just, I, you know, I, before we get into all the stuff that happened today, which there's been quite a bit, uh, 
I just I wanted to share that because that 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 really stuck with me. Also, what most people don't know is that most fruit is not in season in Florida currently. Oranges, fruits, etc., etc., etc. We got a we got kind of a pseudo lesson on that from a pamphlet that we picked up. But anyway, in our in our uh, travels and the various things that we did, um, that the trip to the orchard was most enlightening. I'm surprised you got out of Florida. <laughs> I'm sorry? I'm surprised you got out of Florida. When I lived there and I was going coming up here, God, it's forever to get out of Florida. Well, it took a little longer because we went. I decided to go around Atlanta and come mm-hmm. up 22. Ooh. Well, uh, so went over through Tallahassee and up that way. But anyway. So then I wake up this morning to <laughs> find that the Supremes, somebody put a fire into their butts because they're trying uh-huh. to get all their cases out by June the 1st. And I, I don't think any of the cases surprised me. Um, I know that... Uh, I know that Ginsburg and, and Justice Thomas have pretty much fired the salvos over the Roe v. Wade debate that everybody knows is coming. Mm-hmm. And with with the ruling today, I know that a bunch of Planned Parenthood people have been out talking about how great this ruling was, blah, blah, blah. However, they're missing, they're missing one little sentence in this ruling. They have allowed this ruling to stay blocked. They've allowed the abortion ban to be blocked for one reason and one reason only. And that is that only one circuit has ruled on the case. Mm-hmm. So, the yes. So you're going to see another circuit jump in there. Probably the sixth will be the next. They've got a couple of cases uh, in theirs. And so when the six jumps into it, one of the circuits is going to let it stay so that it goes to the Supreme Court. And nobody needs to misinterpret today's ruling to say, oh, they're going to uphold R.V. Wade or, oh, they're going to overturn R.V. Wade. I think Justice Thomas was very clear when he wrote that the only reason they didn't take up the merit of the ban is because only one court has ruled on it. And contrary to what a lot of people think, the court does not, and I stress does not, like to pick up cases until there are differing rulings across the various circuits. So having said that, though, I don't foresee, uh, I don't foresee a lot of changes to Roe v. Wade. I think that the court's going to allow the states to severely restrict it, but I don't think they're ever going to let it go away. Well, it should be a state issue. Well, the argument has always been that it should be a state rights issue. Yeah. And as long as it But the federal government gets so much of Planned Parenthood, I think that's the reason. What? Doesn't the federal government give a lot of money to Planned Parenthood? That's the reason, though. Yeah. That's the problem. Well, they do give it, but they're much like every dollar they give. There's strings that are attached. Well, and that's true. That's true. But they can use matching funds or other donations to do what they want to do that way. I mean, we we know how they shuffle things around. It, it, yeah, they turn around and put it right back in the politicians' pockets. Yes. Exactly. Well, we're going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to be watching that one just because I don't think, 
Um, yeah, I think people need to watch out for that one. It, it's going to be interesting to see how they rule on it. I think I think at the end of the day, they're going to rule to lock it down. So, Mark, have you decided to join us? Uh, hi, how's everyone? Well, hello, Mark. Been oh, hello, Fabian. We uh, we uh, saw you sneak in here. I thought that was you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I snuck in. Well, so uh, uh, you we'll, the back door unlocked. We will we will pause the show for a moment to uh, catch up with Mark. You still with your La Femme Nikita? Femme Nikita. Are you still with your woman? <laughs> no, since. Uh, it's probably the end of October. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You've been back on the market for a while. <laughs> Watch out. Damn it, girl. <laughs> Actually, I've been seeing a lot of Lafem Nikitas, but um, none of them are... I can date them. They're all my nurses. <laughs> what? Oh, God. All your nurses? Yeah. Now, I, I did mention this in chat a few months ago, but uh, at the beginning of March, I was diagnosed with plant with um oh god, what's the name? What's the term? Necrotizing fasciitis, and I know Boyla would know that term. Fasciitis. It's a. Uh, it's I was. It's a. Um, a bacterial infection that starts eating your tissues. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, consequently, I had nine surgeries because of it. Oh, Lord. Well, are you on the road to recovery? I'm pretty much healed. There you go. Mm-hmm. When uh, the first assessment that the doctor gave my my. <clears throat> their recovery plan for me was to spend about three months in the hospital, another two months at a home health facility, and then uh, physical therapy after that. But they were under the impression that I was diabetic. The fact that I'm not diabetic and my A1C is actually great, I'm going to be healed in less than three months. Wow. Well, good. <clears throat> well, we're we're yeah. glad you, so you made beautiful. it through. A little miracle. Actually, that weekend, they gave me less than a 50% chance of survival because my I lost a lot of blood because of the infection, and I had turned septic. Wow. Oh, Lord. <clears throat> so, uh, you were walking you know, wild. Barbara, if you were if you were dealing with sepsis. Just, just so you know, Barbara's long thought you were toxic. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> have to give me a few gallons. <laughs> I got it. that many. Well, we are. We're glad, we're, we're glad that you are safe and yeah. you're healing up, and we That's are glad true. that you are. Uh, and we're actually glad you're joining us here today. Right. So. Hopefully you bring. I did hear the part about uh, some of the rulings today, and so I what? know the uh, discipline didn't do anything. You're cutting out. I know that uh, the Supreme Court didn't do anything on one part of the Indiana law. Now, one part of that they upheld, and you're going to see some blowback on this, is the idea that you have to properly bury an aborted fetus, either cremation yeah. or burial. Yeah, right. I found that ruling really interesting. That's yeah. going to stir some scuttlebug in the left, the leftist community pretty soon. 
Well, there was already another state that had that. Was it it Arkansas? Where was... um, Pennsylvania. Was it Pennsylvania? Yeah, I know that there was already one state that already had that and has had that for years. So I, I don't... With when it comes to the abortion one, listen. Let's just let's put it this way: we're going to see this again, mm-hmm. okay? And that's why we're seeing all of these states do this. Mm-hmm. So we are going. Uh, that's why the Democrats are freaking out and acting in desperation constantly. Oh well, you know they they make these threats to Georgia. And Alabama, we're not coming there. We're not going to film there. Well, they're not going to miss you. So what? I mean, you know, Netflix is even, they're, they're waiting to see if they're going to pull out of Georgia uh, if the law is enacted. Well, so money-wise, wise, Netflix, Netflix knows better. Yeah. They're not going to do it because Georgia's become... One of the hot-button filming areas, it's cheap. There's no requirement for union, unlike California and other areas. They're not going to do it. So one of the one of the things I, I wanted to bring up is a case that the court did not hear, and that was the transgender bathroom bill um, oh, yeah. out of Pennsylvania. The court has declined to hear that one, and I think the court's declined to hear it because, A, it's stupid, and, B, there's more of these cases coming because, as everybody knows, in Arkansas there has been a case where a confused gentleman thinks he's a woman. Okay. Now, let me give some of the standards for this. 16-year-old boy has had a girlfriend. He breaks up with girlfriend. Two weeks later decides he identifies as a girl so that he has access to girls' locker rooms. Um, come on, people. Oh, I read about that. I just, yeah. Okay, wow. so here's where we always have a differing of opinion. So we're gonna we're gonna shift, and and our panel today will, no doubt, <coughs> excuse me, have a differing of opinion, and that is with. Former Chief Justice Roy Moore. He has decided that he is going to try and run for the Senate in Alabama again. Good luck. Now, um... (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad the definition of insanity to me. Um, Oh, I think he'll win. I think he'll win this. I think he'll get blown out in a landslide. He will get blown out. Now, here's here's why I think that, okay? Because I know that there's some of you that drink the Roy Moore Kool-Aid. Um, mainly, <clears throat> Madam Chairman. Anyway. No, I didn't drink and, the Kool-Aid. I just think people see the attack on him, regardless if he is guilty or not, one of the fake news like Trump, against Trump. Well, the issue is, unlike unlike, uh, Kavanaugh, unlike Trump, unlike some of the others, there are criminal legal proceedings continuing in Alabama over this issue. And here's, here's the thing, okay? You lost in a Republican state. Okay? You lost in a Republican state. He has, in effect, been doing some of the mashed potato circuitry there in Alabama, but the Alabama GOP has said very clearly they will not back him. Okay? And if they truly want to unseat, because, listen, you've got one shot to unseat Collins. That's it, one. Okay, if you're going to unseat him, right now is the time to do it. And 
believe me when I tell you this, there are stronger candidates in the state of Alabama. And I'm going to tell you right now, one that would blow the socks off of anybody that got into the race, and that's Tommy Tuberville. Okay? And Coach Tuberville is I'm sorry? Isn't he running? Isn't he running? running? Yes. He's floated the idea. He hasn't... um, I know he formed a pack, but I'm going to tell you, he's... Listen, there's two faces in Alabama that no Democrat's going to beat, period. Nick Saban and Tommy Tuberville. Okay? Nick Saban ain't going to do it because he ain't giving up the money. But he would win in Alabama in a Republican landslide. And he is a Republican. Most people don't know that. Him and Tommy Tuberville both. Tell you another one that would do very well in the state of Alabama if he chose to run, and that would be Bruce Pearl. Now, for those of you that are Tennesseans, you will recognize that name as yeah. a former basketball coach for yeah. the University of Tennessee. I think he's fairly well liked. But, well, he's not so much in Tennessee, but <laughs> uh, having having said that, I think Roy Moore needs to sit on the sidelines. I really do. I think that it's just going to hash up things that don't need to be hashed up. And there's another Trump card in Alabama. Okay. Anybody know who that is? Oh. Oh, God. Jeff? It certainly isn't Stacey Abrams. <laughs> no, she's from Atlanta. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's in Georgia. Jeff Sessions. Oh, yeah. That's right. Jeff Sessions is the Alabama interesting number there. He hasn't indicated what he's doing, but I'll tell you what he hasn't done. He hasn't closed out his campaign PAC. But I don't know how he can run on a Republican ticket with the badass job he did for the president. Um, people don't understand with Jeff Sessions. You all do realize that he knew he knew going into that job when the whole Mueller thing come up and everything, him stepping aside, everything that he did was going to lead to him being asked to resign, right? Uh-huh. I mean, people have to understand he knew. He knew what was coming when he agreed to take the job. When all of this come out, and then what you do is... And you he also knew he, he had to recuse himself. Well, you take a hint. So, well, so my question is, with him knowing that he had to recuse himself, why in the world did Trump throw such a fit about him doing it? Is it all just um, a big dramatic thing for everybody to see? It, yes. That that is exactly. Well, I think that's ridiculous. Then, if it was, I don't. I actually think it's a very smart move. I, I, you know, it's it's like. And why? Why do you think that that was a smart move? Well, politically, you have to look. Politically, if you if you look at everything that Trump has done, beginning in the summer of 2016, moving on up. If you look at every move that he's made strategically, every one of them have paid off for him. Okay, the prognosticators, the pundits, the armchair generals, they're all like, well, he keeps stepping on his own successes. He keeps doing this, keeps doing that, keeps doing this, keeps doing that. Here's the issue. A, he's done what he said he was going to do. He's called a spades, spades, or any other number of names. He has... Uh, the only area where he's not been nominally nominally successful has been with Kim Jong-un. And I even think that's beginning to bear fruit. Mm-hmm. Okay, Even so much as the Japan comment with the Japan prime minister standing up there and them two going in different rails. 
I do believe that that was orchestrated. I think the Japan Prime Minister, the Japanese Prime Minister, knew that Trump was going to go a different way. And I think it was, was known before they ever stepped foot out there. Kind of the old, as I heard it said yesterday, the good cop, bad cop routine. Mm-hmm. And so it's like John Bolton. Well, you know, John Bolton's over there and Pompeo's over there, and they're the bad guys. Okay, they're the hardliners. The United States knows what they want to get, and they know that they can demand, 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 and then they're going to get the concessions that they want, which isn't as strict as Bolton or Pompeo are over there pushing. So, you know, listen, everybody knows I wasn't a huge Trump guy, but I, I can't... His well, another policy. thing to consider, too, another thing to consider with Sessions, it's kind of like Lindsey Graham. You know, if you look back 20 years, those boys, those men were career politicians. They were a, a real good, uh, they were really good members of the, our GOP at times. And then there were at times when people looked at them and kind of cocked their head to the side like, wait a minute, did they just say that? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, they were on the fence. So the way I saw them was not, ne- not necessarily Rhino, possibly, but definitely members of the establishment. So my personal opinion is, is that I think Sessions and Lindsey Graham both did it about faces uh, because they got the handwriting on the wall real quick once Trump was elected. And I think that they, I think Jeff Sessions, it's kind of like Reed, you know, retiring. No different. Just a different avenue. That's how I see it. Just too much. Well, Lindsey Graham's naked pictures were buried with, oh, what's his name? That's why he's done an about face. Yeah, yeah, he's he's been a different guy since, uh, what's his name died? Gosh, none of us can remember. John McCain? <laughs> Don't want to remember. Right, exactly. Put that one out of the mind. Yeah, ever since McCain uh, passed away, uh, uh, you know, Lindsey Graham has been a different individual. Um, now, didn't you get the memo? Now, y'all need to get the memo. He was a war hero. Yeah, okay. Whatever. <laughs> and he was also uh, Graham was also great friends with him. He, he didn't he didn't you know deny the friendship. He, he went on the news and said you know I've lost my greatest friend, one of my best friends, you know, and and it, and it tore him up. Yeah. Pain. Sometimes so, sometimes you keep your enemies closer. Huh? Sometimes you keep your enemies closer. Well, this is true. This is true. Um, I just think that there were Republicans that played both sides of the fence a lot. And I think Jeff, Jeff Sessions, I think John McCain, I think Lindsey Graham, and I think Harry Reid all were in coots because they were all from the same time frame. Dingy Harry. Mm. No. Dirty. Harry, Harry was a spy. I'm sure there were others. You know, Trump kept talking about draining the swamp. I mean, hello, they had choices to make. When he was elected, they saw the handwriting on the wall. They had choices to make. Their establishment ideas and and plans that they were coming to a halt. Their their moment, their moment is coming, because the minute that President Trump gave Attorney General Barr the authorization to declassify those documents, there are people going to go down. Well, I know. Oh. I, don't these guys. I don't think and it's going to be the guys we're talking about. McCain, probably. I think McCain was in on That's what I'm saying. They all knew it, but I don't think they were all yeah. in on it. But I'm not sure about McCain. Graham. McCain, McCain can't go down because he's already down. Um. But you talked about Jim Comey, McCabe, Brennan, Clapper, all those people. Clapper. Oh, oh, uh, Yoda-looking Clapper would go down. Yeah. (laughs) They're, they're, you know, they're in a panic mode now because now they're saying, 
oh, how un-American it is that he's declassifying those documents. What's the matter, guys? If you got nothing to worry about, why are you in a panic? Well, Comey's freaking out. He's he's in total denial of calling him old big fat liar and stomping his feet. You know, the only one I've not heard a word from is Lynch, and I did read, I don't know how true it was, that she had signed the FISA warrants. Yeah, well, she threw Comey under the bus, too. So. Well, now, she may very well have signed those FISA warrants. Yeah. I know that they haven't released who signed them, but it's coming. I know. Well, and Rob, Rob Rosenstein was involved in all of those and even Uranium oh, yeah. One. Oh, yeah. And again, I think Trump kind of like met with these guys and was like, you know what, the jig's up, dudes. I know what's going on. I know what you've been up to. I know what you've been doing. And I think he said, you, you better make up your mind right here and right now what you're going to do. Because Rosenstein tucked down and went on Air Force One with him. You remember that? That was well, the first I'd heard about him having anything to do with Donald Trump. Well, Red Lynch, that Russian lawyer that met at Trump Tower during that suspicious meeting, she had been banned from entering the United States. But guess who gave her a special visa? Just to come over with Loretta Lynch. Yep. And travel visa was that not what it was? That was a setup. It was a setup. Well, I just I just hope it doesn't take two years to get it handled. Because you know, truthfully, uh, you know. I don't think this country can handle much more of what's been going on because the border is not secure and, you know, our national security is at stake and it's at risk right now. And as long as we keep hearing about caravan after caravan, it's going to continue to be at stake. And that puts our freedom in jeopardy because then the American blue has got to get up and go fight and that's going to be interesting. Half of them that are snowflakes that want to go find a stay, safe space. And okay. with buns on top of their head. Okay, so let us move on to <laughs> our next topic. And this one is mainly one of those that I... It's one of those that you just don't know. Okay, you got to kind of sit there and, and be like, okay, I can see it one way, I can see it another way. <coughs> so as many of you know, several years ago, Walmart came out and said they would not be prosecuting anybody who stole anything that was under $500, okay? Well, evidently, that has led to a big increase in theft, at Walmart. Wow. No doubt. They're doing that at the mall, too, though. And so Walmart has decided that instead of charging people with shoplifting, they want to charge you with burglary. <laughs> and that shoplifting being a misdemeanor versus burglary makes it a felony. Yep. Now... Um, Walmart, being Walmart, is getting some pushback over that. There's people that that don't like that policy, and there are people that's saying that's a little stringent. <laughs> oh my God! Now, as I as I thought about this today, because you know I pondered this today. Because part of me sits back and is like, okay, yeah, I get it. Then another part of me is like, you know, I think it should be on a case-by-case basis. You know, it's it's like if you see a woman in there stealing a loaf of bread and a pack of bologna, and she's got two hungry kids, I, I, you know, I can see the need to do that. Don't condone it, 
but I can understand it. Okay, and if a few months down the road she's in another position to where she uh, does it again, then, again, I'm left with, okay, I can understand it. Don't completely agree with it, but I can understand it. Should she deserve to be felon because of a loaf of bread and bologna? Well, I look, they need to do something because then if you're if you're a felon, then she's going to be kicked out of her apartment or going to be kicked out of her house if she rents. Uh, it's going to preclude her from getting other jobs. That you know is just a whole nother. That's a whole nother level of devil. I think if it was um, you know something that was worth four hundred and ninety nine dollars, that maybe it would be worth looking at. But for what you're describing that she took, no. I think well, there should be a monetary value put on it before they can make it a felony. Well, and listen, I, I agree that something has to be done because it's like everywhere you go. They're doing it at the malls, and they have groups of people. Like, you can you can give your list of stuff <laughs> to these professional thieves, uh-huh. and they'll go steal it for you. And whatever yeah. the value is, you pay half or, you know, whatever, and you've got the stuff. So I get it, and I understand it. So I know something has to be done. I just don't know. It, it, it's much like our crime laws from the 90s and the 80s where you started painting a brush, and you paint everybody with one brush no matter the circumstance. And I think that's a mistake. Yeah, but you know what, though? Then everybody gets, everybody has a sob story. It's kind of like all these migrants that are coming to the border, and they're all claiming asylum. Okay, and to the letter of I mean, the law. You know, what's legit and what isn't is my point, and they're already policing that and trying to figure that out on the border. So if we got that going on here in, internally. I mean, the law is the law. Just don't break it. It's, it's really simple. I agree. So, you know, really, whatever the penalty is, so be it. I, I feel bad for her. You know, I, you know, maybe she should have paid half price and let somebody else do it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. You know. You shouldn't be doing it at all, period. No, and you know what? Most areas, if you if you look hard enough, most areas have free stores. Most areas have food banks. You just have to look for it and know when you got to go to get it, the the things and that sort of thing. We have a, a there's an auto call here on our school system whereby they call and they have a thing, a program called Gleaners, and it's a food bank that they set up for families in need all over our county. And it's once a month without fail. So, I mean, every city has a list of food pantries where you can get help with your bills, uh, go to churches. You know, well, there's yeah, you know, Salvation Army. There's a ton of ways to get to get assistance if you're in that bad of dire straits where you need a loaf of bread and a gallon of milk. You know, I mean, there's just no excuse. But the problem is most people don't know, and they don't know where to go to find help. They don't know how to look it up. You know, it's just. So what do they do? They go and steal it. They, what we need are you know, advocacy type of organizations that are willing to reach out to people that are in need um, and give them, you know, information. But it's it's online. It's out there if you, you know, if you, if you Google it. So I just don't understand it. 
Well, that's why the Democrats, the ones who are running for president, want to give you a thousand dollars a month, whether you're working or not. Isn't that just yeah. Yeah, I would anything? Well, I was trying to figure out where that thousand a month is going to come from. Yeah, well, you see, they don't answer that question. I asked that question to Kamala Harris if she ever gets off her knees. I've composed. I post it to AOC. You know, you talk about all these wonderful things you're going to do, but who is going to pay for it? Well, based on what I read yesterday, or heard yesterday, the way I understand it is everybody would pay 75% in their income taxes, and the corporate rate tax rate would be 90%. Yeah. That's the bit they're making their money. That means you'll be spending at least $75 for a They have no right to tax at those rates. They just don't. They don't. It's not going to happen. Well, you figure any anybody that makes a million dollars, okay, if you make, if you make $1 million, your tax rate's 37% right off the rip for the Fed. That's three hundred and seventy thousand dollars. You're given the feds. Now, if you've got a state income tax, you've got to pay whatever the percentage is of that million. So, in Arkansas, I think it's six percent. So, there's another six thousand. Say what? You were breaking it yeah. really bad. So one percent of a million dollars is ten thousand dollars. So there's sixty sixty thousand more dollars off of your three hundred seventy thousand, or off of your million. So there's four hundred ten thousand, or excuse me, four hundred thirty thousand. There's half of it almost taxes. Now there are those that say, well, people who make more should pay more. Well, I personally think that's crap. I think whatever the person at the bottom of the poll percentage-wise pays, the guy at the top of the poll should pay the same thing. Well, as I understood it, the Green New Deal would cost her household $600,000. Say what? Yeah. The Green New Deal. You're breaking up really bad. The Green New Deal would cost each household $600,000. And they've already started it in New Mexico. Well, you'll probably see a lot of people moving out of Mexico. They expect their electricity rates to go up 17%. Uh, You know, it's going to go through the roof. They're going to put thousands of people out of work and then raise the rates. Well, that's what they want. They want people dependent. They They want to nationalize all utilities. They want to nationalize natural gas and oil. That's what Democrats, they want to nationalize everything. Yeah. That's for sure. It's one of those cases that I'm glad I'm the age I am because fortunately I won't live long enough to see a lot of this come to fruition. But as our generation, there's several generations. unconstitutional. <laughs> Does anybody on this call remember when we didn't have, weren't required to have auto insurance? What? When we weren't required to have auto insurance? No requirement. I remember when we weren't required to have auto insurance. And everybody to death. But it's greed that is running the country. And we, we we got to put a stop to it. We don't have a choice. 
okay? But nationalizing the industries are not, that's not the answer. Because that is a step toward socialism, and it's definitely elites trying to take control. And, and we cannot let that happen. Period. You've already seen what they've done to Chick-fil-A and other business owners. You think the Christian community has had a hard time, or, you know, up to now? You ain't seen nothing yet if you let them take over those kind of utilities. Let me tell you something. They already have control. Duke Energy has gone around to city after city after city and installed these 5G electric meters on homes, and they own the meters so they can do whatever they want with it, whether it's on your house or your property or not. You can opt out, but you have to totally opt out. And they haven't even tested it to find out what it would do to people. Right. Well, that's how it goes. That being said, I I don't have a whole lot of trust in any of them anymore. All right, so I have vowed to keep the show to an hour, so we're almost to that hour. There's what we're going to do. I'm going to give everybody an opportunity to give their final comments on things that we've discussed or things that we haven't discussed. So we'll start with Mark. Well, I... I thought we were going to talk about the creepy porn lawyer who had to go to two arraignments today. And lo and behold, he gets out to the press conference and says, it's President Trump's fault. Everything that's going through is President Trump's fault. Well... I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> Some of this probably is. I'm not saying he's not guilty, but I'm saying that some of it is probably his fault. You don't pick on, listen, you don't go after the big cheese with the bully puppet and not expect some kind of blowback. Oh, yeah, well, that's true. I thought about that. Oh. I just think, he's, right. you know, he's going he's gonna to get what's coming to him. Who said that about Trump? I have an audio. Who? Michael Avenatti. Oh. He's going to jail. He's going to jail. He's going to be somebody's bitch. Oh, wow. Most likely. All right. Speaking of that, Chairman, what's your final thought? Well, I'd like to touch on something briefly that we didn't talk about tonight. Nashville has a mayoral election coming up in August, and uh, one of the female uh, Republicans shot herself in both feet over the weekend. Sad for Nashville, sad for home. Are we talking about Carol Swain? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what happened, but I did see a bunch of people jumping off the Swain bandwagon. Well, she um, attended over the weekend, not on Memorial Day. I believe she did go on Sunday. But she was invited to the Nashville Islamic Center, which is, you know, Muslim Brotherhood. She was invited to go, and she felt that she needed to go. Why? I'm not sure. They're not that big of a voting box. And not only did she go, but... She wrapped her head, and Uh-oh. then she posted the picture. Yeah, then she posted the pictures yesterday. Now she wrapped her head in something, some kind of, as she calls it, African garb. Um, you know, a scarf, uh, and um, people are not happy about it at all. Because she did post the pictures yesterday. She's dead on arrival. So, yep. hate she's to done. see once again. Yeah, she's, she's done. 
Um, hate to All see right. Nashville to fall back to the Democrats again, but it looks as though they are. Yep, she's done. Yep. All right, Jill. Yes, in response to the whole Avenatti fiasco. <laughs> just looking at 404 years. Well. I just saw that this evening. So, you know, my my frame of mind is good riddance. Um, and, you know, I, I realize he's innocent until proven guilty. Um, but, you know, look, the bottom line for me is, is that I'm re- vastly reaching a point where politically I'm not able to handle things anymore because it's, it's all out. It's so out of control on a regular basis that it is it's borderlining on it participating in the insanity that is Washington. And I think I want to get off that six cycle carousel real soon. Have a good night, everybody. All right, Mark. I want. Um, I know we were talking about the the Walmart issue and the uh, charging them with burglary, but I want to look on this side of the coin. As taxpayers, why do we want our money spent on this woman going to going to prison and being supported by taxpayers in prison, with her children being put in foster care, where the Taxpayer will be also paying for the children, or should we just provide her with more money on food stamps so she can provide for her family, or maybe some contraception so she is a twenty-second baby? But that's—I I know it's an interesting uh, dilemma, but it's where you want your taxpayer, your tax dollars spent at this point. And I, I know what Walmart is trying to do with uh, this uh, new uh, policy because I worked for Walmart at one point, but it's not going to help them as a, in a whole except for maybe being a deterrent. But a lot of the issues we, we talked about on this show and past episodes, you got to – but the idea of where do you want your tax dollars spent? Is it going to be this place where you're going to be spending more money, or is it going to be this place which actually makes more common sense? And I'll just keep this short and to the pointless. And uh, have a good night, everyone. Good night, Mark. Feel better. Good night, Mark. So. Yeah, there's a lot of other issues out there that we can discuss, and we'll we'll touch on several of them next. Uh, next week, but <laughs> stupid criminal of the week goes to Rutherford County, Tennessee, and a fella stole a Fender Telecaster electric guitar by stuffing it down his pants. Okay. He then pawned said stolen guitar at a quick cash pawn shop in Smyrna. <laughs> he turned himself in and has since been bonded out of jail. How would you like to be known as the guitar bandit? <laughs> and make the front page of the newspaper. Remember, you've got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. Freedom is a free thank soldier, for without them we wouldn't be able to do this. Thank the family of soldiers, for without them we wouldn't have an all-volunteer army. Until next time, this is the Political Superman saying, have a good night, everybody. Nice.